words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Oh, merciful God, keeper of all our souls, keeper of our hearts, we praise you this morning. We worship you, our King. We commend ourselves to the God of all grace, the Father of all comfort, who is able to keep us and establish us and rescue us from ourselves and present us before his great throne without spot or blemish or spot or any such thing. We worship you, our God, and we hallow your name. Thank you, O Lord, our God. We worship you. We bless you. We honor you, our King. Take your place. Take your place. Be God over us. Let your speaking come alive. Yes, Lord God, let every one of us prioritize your word in our lives. In Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you. The priority of your word and your life, oh God, we bless you. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless you. Okay, so this morning we're going to have a testimony. It's going to be a testimony morning and just a sharing morning. Praise God. So, I'm going to invite my friend, Rote. Put your hands together for her. sorry if we're not too too conventional like you probably I hope that you're able to get get something out of this conversation today I just have a few questions for already and then from there she take it up from there so um, this woman has had a phenomenal journey and um, and gone through so much and God has brought her through so much and we just want to get an opportunity to share her story and also some of the things that God has taught her. But let me start with this question. So it sounds like an interview question, but just flow as you are led. So tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> okay, cool. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> I can't believe I'm in Ecclesia Hills this morning. Okay, so my name is Ordeo Dwaha. Um, I am a mom. I have two amazing kids. I think that's the first thing I always like to say because like, they're the full-time job that I have. Um, I run a business. I work. What else? I like health. I like community development. I am a people person. I am a Jesus favorite. I don't know about anybody else, but you know. <laughs> That's my personal title. Um, and I've just been on the journey to pretty much bring heaven's kingdom here on earth. And that's where I am right now. Tell, tell us about your salvation story. How did you meet Christ? And I know like you're raised in a Christian home, but at what point yeah. did you get on a new journey with God? And what triggered it, if you can give us some background into that? Okay, so basically, I came from the <laughs> fire breathing you know, speaking in tongues, full and die kind of background. And um, I was born into a Christian home. My mom is an intercessor for Nigeria, so you can imagine the sort of upbringing I had. We've been fasting since we were like age five, just the whole full works. But um, 
I would confidently say that I knew about God, but I didn't know God. Um, I heard about him. I read my Bible. I could recite up to 50 memory verses at age 10. Those were just the systematic things that we had to do because we were raised that way. But I really did not know who God was. I didn't have a relationship with God. Um, until certain things began to happen that I really needed God. And that is what I feel like I will speak about this morning. Um, you see, the redemption story or the gift of redemption is definitely the most powerful tool we have as believers. Understanding that something was already ransomed before you were even formed is the most confident thing you have as a believer. I'm very careful not to say Christian because not everybody gets this but it's the most confident thing you would ever have as a believer. Just coming to the understanding that before you did anything that you did, someone already made an exchange for everything that you were doing and everything that you are yet to do. It became my most powerful truth. And not until I understood that, I lived in a lot of guilt and condemnation and shame and pain and frustration and anger because I was trying to please God based on my own ability. But when I came into that truth, that look, already everything that you are, everything that you would ever be, good or bad, was already exchanged for something over God knows how many thousand years ago. The exchange was already done. So I had to step into that knowledge and say to myself, I can't continue to give myself to the things of darkness. Why? Because I don't belong there anymore. I was bought. So I am a slave to somebody else. It's a very powerful understanding. If you ever want to break free from certain things, you have to realize that it's like going to the market. There's nobody that can come and take this book from me because I paid for it. It's mine now. I bought it from Ebano, but whoever made it, can't come back and say, hey, come, it's me that made it. No, I paid 2500 for this. So it's mine forever now. So that understanding brought me freedom in the most powerful way, just knowing that I was ransomed for by the only thing that could have ransomed me, which was the blood of Jesus. And that began my relationship journey with God. If you look through the Bible, Every step of the way, God had always been that person who redeems people. Every part of the Bible speaks about one redemption story or the other, even before Jesus came. Even before Jesus came. Starting from people like David and Rahab and, you know, Ruth and all this craziness. God had always been in the business of redeeming people. In fact, from Genesis chapter 2, God was already redeeming us. Because when he was placing the curse, he told the serpent, a seed will come that will bruise your head. That was the only thing from the very beginning. He already began to redeem. And understanding that heart of God as a redeemer, <laughs> gives you the most amazing power to overcome. I became vulnerable because I had to think about it. Why would somebody want me this much? There must be something that this person has or that I have that makes him interested in me. And the one thing that makes God 
ever do anything that he does is love. Is love. And until I came to the understanding that look, there is this amazing, sovereign, supernatural being somewhere that doesn't care about what I've done or what I'm doing or what I'm yet to do, but he just wants me so that he can show me himself and make me become more like him. Why? Simply because he loves me. Now, why does he love me? He can choose not to. But then the Lord began to explain to me that you see already, I am not just God because we grew up knowing God as God. Almighty. When we need a car, we go to God. When we need a job, we go to God. When we need the big stuff in life, we go to God. But then he says, I'm not just that fire-breathing God, you know, ruler of the universe. I'm something so simple to you that you haven't recognized yet. I am your dad. And it's that responsibility as a father that makes me love you the way that I love you. Not because I'm the Lion of Judah. Because I'm your dad. You are my seed. So I am responsible for you as a father. You know, that's, that's actually the theme of your book, yes. Abba. Yes. Um, so she wrote a book recently called Abba. We wrote a book. <laughs> because Pastor was technically like, you know. <laughs> so this book is actually such an interesting book. You know, there are many books that talks about many things. Um, God from a different place. But this book actually went into the fatherhood of God. And God's God's love for us and what God has done to earn us to himself back as his own you know and and she wrote it from a place of personal experience and you have so much experience I don't know how much liberty you have to share some of the nasties that the devil thought he was going to use to to take you down and and to break you up and how those things became sort of like a tool in the hands of God Amazing. So I think that's the beauty about um, just understanding God as dad is knowing that he's the source. So therefore, no matter how broken or how damaged or how useless or how gone you feel that you are, because he's the source, he's the original who created you in the first place, he can always bring you back to the way that he intended for you from the very beginning. And um, I went through a series of craziness <laughs> long and short um, I went through a horrible divorce I went through just stuff and in my own understanding I felt like that was it because of course you grew up in traditional, traditional Christian home. where once you do something that's it God in fact <laughs> you're useless God cannot use this one again this one has finished but then I found out that in the midst of the mess he would reach out to me. And I'm thinking, guy, what do you want? You know, aren't you this God who doesn't see Perfect and righteous. Yeah, I have to be a certain way, up straight, you know, for you to use me. And he's like, no, I want you to come to me because when you're broken and you come to me, I am powerful enough to, fix you. to redeem you to redeem and you. bring you back. Yes. So every time he would reach out, at first I was very adamant to receiving God's love because I thought I don't want Wala <laughs> just leave me where I am be drinking my alcohol and doing the things I was doing safely but I kept wondering why are you reaching out what is the point here what are you trying to do so I began to allow him and I realized that as I allow the Lord come closer to me 
transformation began because that's the beauty of letting the Lord come to you. That's the beauty of allowing his glory. There's no way you would come in contact or have an encounter, a true encounter with God that things will not change. It's not possible. You can't be in the presence of God and be the same. It's not possible. So every time that I came closer to him and I became vulnerable with him, let's put vulnerability somewhere. <laughs> we'll hang it, we'll come to it. You have to be vulnerable with him. You have to be willing. God is not going to force his glory and his eternity on you. You have to open up. But every time I opened up and I was true and I was bare before him, he would pour out himself because I was being honest and God loves that. God loves, God wants to see your honest brokenness so that he can show his glory. That's why he allowed Lazarus to die in the first place. So let him, let him, let him die so that when I come and raise him up, people can see. God wants your honest brokenness. So every time that he will come and I began to allow him, things began to change. He would pour out himself in me. He would speak his word over me. And I became washed. I would be washed. I would be washed. And things began to transform. And so God is just awesome. The beauty of God is just awesome. The presence of God is just awesome. That no matter who you are, no matter how far you think that you've gone, if I, if I give a hint of my story, you come and collect this mic from me. Tell him. <laughs> Say, ah, this one is not ready to preach the gospel. But that's a lie. Because God wants the most un unlikely vessels, the most broken vessels, the most useless, the ones that have been cast away. Those are the ones that he's looking for in this season to bring back. Because then his glory can truly be shown. Because, I mean, it's like a prodigal son story. When he came back, yes, the brother was there, he was perfect. And in my understanding, that's simply... You are here with me. Mm. Nobody is taking your inheritance from me because mm. you've been perfect all this while. But you see this boy that went away, spent my money, ate with pigs and came back. Mm. Wow. That's the one I want to change. So that when they see him, they're like, wow. But you were eating with pigs yesterday. How come you are wearing the finest linen in the country? That's what God wants to do, to display his glory on the most broken souls so that people can see who he truly, truly is. So this is such a powerful point. I, I, I don't think we can actually unpack this point. That takes us to the story of somebody who is reigning the news now, Kanye West. No, <laughs> no. Right. I'm going home. <laughs> So this man has given his life to Christ and the Christian community are at withdrawal. Like, is he real? Is he real? And then the unbelievers are like, wow, we're like, we're like his jam. <laughs> <laughs> did you feel that from the church as well? When, oh. when you gave your life, did you feel acceptance? Where did God take you to? What was the practical? Where the pastors who came around you? Well... You know, when I sat there, I was thinking, God, this Kanye West thing, please don't bring it up. Please don't bring it up. But you brought it up, so let's go there. Um, first and foremost, we are not God. So it's not up to us to say if a person is truly saved or not. Fruits are the evidence that someone has changed or transformed. Our job as vessels and I'm not saying Christians. I'm very specific with my word. Our job as vessels, meaning heaven, you, 
out there is to channel God's glory, mercy, grace, love, everything that heaven has to the people around you. Regardless of who they are, even if it's Beyonce. That's your job. You are simply a vessel, a steward. That's what we are. It's not up to us to say whether the man is saved or the man is not saved. And to be honest, like Pastor Mo said, I still get the heat sometimes mm. from the church. I still go to places where people are like, ah, just ah, not be, who be this, not be you. And I'm like, eh, not me, but uh, you know, things have changed. <laughs> Until tomorrow, I still get it. In fact, wow. when I started, <laughs> when things began, when I made the decision and I said, you know what, this is it for me. Um, I remember Pastor Mo was our pastor there at the, then at the tribe. I started going to the tribe and um, Pastor Fetty would just randomly give me the microphone and say, hey, it's like the Lord said you should preach. I said, no, the Lord must be joking. But he got hit for that because people would call him and say, but she's divorced. You can't let her speak. You can't let her speak. My mental PI gets heat every now and then for being associated with me. I know people, the people around me that I, get I heat. I haven't got heat. <laughs> 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 it's coming. <laughs> you just wait. <laughs> well, I felt that, and for a while, I did not go to church simply because I knew that I wasn't accepted in certain circles. I knew, I felt it. I knew that these ones, they've caught me off. They are like, no, this one cannot be. I didn't go to church for a while because I'm like, if God's people can display this, that means that's who he is. Because we are simply reflection of God, right? So if the people are shutting me out, it therefore means that God himself must be shutting me out. So what's the point of going to church? But then God in his infinite mercy sent me the most persistent set of people. Mm. Pastor Mo is one of them. There was Pimo, there was Pastor Isi, there was just people who just refused to go away. And I needed that. And God knew that I needed that. And they became channels of God's love into my life. That I wake up every day and I know that there's somebody there that is speaking, speaking into me, praying for me, encouraging me. But yes, I was shut out from the church. I still am shut out. I recently just did a tour in my hometown, Worry Delta State. And before I started the tour, before I started preaching around, um, I got I heard comments. Ah, she write book. What's she putting there? Not be that one when I feel the marriage. I heard it was it was huge but then when I had about three events people were like wow eh? she said she don't really change oh, it's like she has hope so yes it happened but then I allow people based on their understanding it's how much you know that you give so you let people have you know whatever but yes people did shut me out of the church people still do till tomorrow but I know who I am, I found my identity, and I know my truth. So regardless of whatever, what anyone has to say, or what society thinks, or whatever it is, there's the truth that I'm standing on, and that truth is, I have been paid for. Yes, redeemed. One. Bought. Two, I am his beloved. Mm. Three, I am his child. So I don't care whether you think I am. I mean, if someone comes to me and tells me, ah, but you're not Uduan's child, I'm like, 
that's your business. Because my birth certificate says that that's my father. So it really doesn't matter. But yeah, um, yeah, it was painful, but we thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so please don't shut my ears. <laughs> um, yes. there, was, there were scriptures that went into your spirit. What were these pivotal scriptures that you stood on at each point in time? If you can give us maybe blow by blow a few scriptures that really went into your spirit and just helped to channel you out. Maybe just share from the scriptures freely. Um, so I think one that I really held onto for a long time and I still do is I would never leave you and neither would I forsake you. And um, yeah, then six, go to six. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Keep going. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him, In the sight of all Israel, be strong and of good courage. For you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them. And you shall cause them to inherit. And the Lord said, He is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. Amazing scripture. Yeah, so that became, um, I held on to that for a really long time. I still hold on to it because every now and then you, you get <laughs> you get situations that just hit you. But then just um, staying on that truth that God doesn't lie. It's impossible for him to lie. So if he says, I would not leave you already, I would not forsake you, meaning I'm never going to turn my back, not even to 90 degrees away from you. It's powerful. It's a promise that I've held onto. So in the darkest of times, I remember him saying to me, already I would not leave. And so when he said this to me, I wasn't reading the Bible. It was one of those nights where I laid on my bed and I'm like, Lord, I just wish you would just hug me. It was really a dark night and I was like, God, just hug me. And this, just that phrase kept coming. I would not leave you. I would not forsake you. I'm here. I would not leave you. I would not forsake you. And um, it became one of my truths. And uh, so I, I, I make references to stories in the Bible that I hold on to. I hold on to the Samaritan woman's story so strongly. Because in her story, she didn't go to look for Jesus. He came to her. Even though he was tired and hungry and famished and just worn out, he came to her. He made sure that somehow the disciples went. He knew exactly what he was doing. Right. But then he came to her. But the profound thing about that story is she didn't go to theology school to start preaching after that. Right. It didn't take her 365 days or even 24 hours. Immediately, mm. Jesus spoke to her and revealed himself to her. She became an evangelist. It was a sudden transformation from someone who has had seven, six husbands to going into the city and saying, hey, come and see. It's a testimony. That's all it is. Just that testimony. Come and see a man who has told me everything about me. And that story is like the most profound story I've encountered. And then the last one is, <laughs> this one I actually wrote it in the book. So the woman who was caught in adultery that was brought to Jesus. Now the profound thing about this story is when Jesus was about to ask the people who brought her the question, he didn't ask her and say, hey, auntie, what you did when they catch you safe? What were you wearing? Who was the man? What? You know, he didn't, he didn't bother. What's your 
Uh, what happened? Did, come, did, come, come, come. Come and tell me what did happened. Did he have money? <laughs> <laughs> Let's judge the case first. He didn't care about that. He simply looked up and said, if anyone here is without sin. So he knew. Yeah, he knew what guilty. she did was wrong. Mm-hmm. He knew that them coming to wanting to stone her was right because according to the law mm-hmm. of Moses, that was it. But then there was something greater. Redemption. There was something more powerful that he had come to do that was beyond the law of Moses. So he didn't look at her or ask her what the problem was or is it true? Whether it was true or not, he didn't care. The first thing that came to him was, I have to save you. That was the first thing, I have to save you. So he looked and said, if you're without sin, cast the stone. And all my brethren walked away and nobody. And he looked at her and said, get up, go and sin no more. The Bible never says what happened after that, but I can imagine that that changed. It's like bringing up slates of accusations to a courtroom. And then the judge looks at you and says, you know what? I'm going to take this thing and I'm going to squash it and put it in the bin. And I'm going to give you a plain sheet of paper. Go and start again. Yes, obviously a ministry call on your life and you've been preaching and declaring. But there's also... A charitable call on your life. You've been doing some work with charity. Can you tell us a little bit more about the kind of call you, you've received and what God has done to prepare you for those things? Because I'm sure, like, you know, you talk about Pastor Isi. What did you really learn from her? Do you understand? Going to that, because in some kind of way, today's ministry school may not be Bible school, but you can actually go and follow someone like Pastor ID, for example, she, <laughs> if you did follow that woman, you will learn a lot about forgiveness, about purpose, about journey. There are people like that who you can, and in those days, you go to the Bible school of someone. You went to the school of Gamaliel. You went to the, you went to, you went to the lecture hall of one man, one luminary, one academician, one professor. So you became his student. You understood him and then carried on with his work after that. God is returning teaching and learning back to that place where in some kind of way there's a partnership there is we call mentor is actually a weird word right now because mentorship is actually about who has a lot of money a big car who looks brightest than everybody else then that will be the mentor the person who is crony and dry and just trying will become the mentee but you So, so that seems to be the model of mentorship that we're doing today. And I, I think that's not mentorship at all. The, the biblically accurate word is actually disciple. Disciple. Jesus says a disciple is not more than his master. Do you understand? So what did you learn from your discipleship training process? And how did God do this thing? I won't say mentors. I would now say whose disciple were you and how did you come across many spiritual truths and what were some of the things you learned that were like um i think i'm actually still learning yeah um i'm still i'm actually consciously in this season of my life i'm still learning um i'm still having my tea and coffee bible meetings with pastor mo for you know five hours (laughs) where he tells me the truth and i be very humble And I'm still learning, but um, I think that just being in contact with these people who the Lord has put around me 
has sort of strengthened my frame. Um, there are things that you can't really learn from church per se all the time. There are things that you get to learn up close from personal encounter, just seeing how the person does certain things, how they deal with, so behind the pulpit, what is their life like? How they deal with anger and how they deal with pain and frustration and all those things. Um, so yes, I am still learning, um, but um, I am in a very interesting phase of my life at the moment where I'm asking God, okay, what next? You know, I had this vision that when I got to a certain age that I eventually clocked this year, you know, the heavens are gonna bust open and I'll just take over the world. But then it wasn't happening that way. So I'm there thinking, God, ah, did you lie or something? I know you can't lie, but what's going on? Um, and you know, Pastor Mo was talking to me about this season of of waiting, this season of just being still and honoring. Um, you know, you get to a certain age and you want to just cut up from everyone, parents, family, and just be battled by yourself. But he started teaching me what it meant to submit, what it meant to be under authority to a certain extent. Um, by the grace of the Lord, <laughs> because I'm not used to it. I'm independent in my nature. But that's something I'm learning to do, to understand the importance of actually being under authority, being under someone who I can learn from and, you know, who can teach me and pour into me. And he was very, he was very, um, he was very specific about being poured into, because it's like already when you're going out and you're speaking and you're telling people about Jesus, you're getting empty. Who is that one person or who are the sets of people that you can say are putting back into you? So that's the season that I am, just sitting down and having things poured back into me. Um, I think that's one scenario that I can come up with. Uh, in terms of charity, I have worked in charity for 12 years. I started working um, Breast Cancer Foundation when I was 18, so this will be our 12th year. And I know that God has called me to do a lot of community service things, so I work with women and children and young people um, in the health sector, but more recently in the technology education sector. So that's what I do in that sense. Okay, thank you so much. Do you want to, do you want to bring a word to two categories of people? The people right now who are going through stuff, yeah. even as we sit in the church together, going through stuff, and they are doubting whether God, whether God is for them, whether that redemption process is complete, whether God lost them, whether God is, do you understand? That's one category of people. There are some people who are so advanced in life, they have now become strong in the faith, and they sit in the place where they can see new believers coming up as well. So two categories of people, people who are at the beginning stage and people who are some mature. I'm gonna bring a word across for these two categories of people. And I'm gonna just let you take the chair and let you do it. Yeah. So I'll start from the second category of people, which are the people who are mature. Pastor, will you permit me to just? Yes. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, thank you, sir. He doesn't like me calling himself, but thank you, sir. <laughs> you're grown and you're mature and you've gone through the journey and you've experienced God. But now the big question is, what do you do about it? What do you do with it? And I know that the most important thing in the Father's heart is that his kingdom is represented here on earth as it is in heaven, so it is here. So 
being a grown believer, you need to think about what is heaven like? What are the things that are in heaven? What are the things that are not in heaven? And how can I co-labor with the Lord to bring it here on earth? Because that's his heart desire. So heaven is not a place where there are sicknesses. Heaven is not a place where there's depression. Heaven is not a place where there's frustration and pain and all of those craziness. But I have experienced the Lord and there are people who are yet to see that aspect of the Lord. How can I be a vessel to bring heaven here on earth? How can God use me to heal the sick? How can God use me to raise the dead? How can God use me to help people who are dealing with shame and condemnation and depression? Because your salvation is not just for you. Everything that the Lord gives to you is not for you. Let me, let me break that myth that once you receive Christ, you are blown. Nah. In fact, you've just started. If you knew, maybe you would have stayed in the world. Because the job is tough. Once you come into that realm of receiving God, you now have a responsibility. You see, the kingdom of heaven is a family business. That our father is the chairman and we, his children, are the stewards. So our job is to go out there and look for interns and bring them into the family business so they can be trained and eventually become like us. That's the job if you have arrived. Sorry. <laughs> That's it. That's what we're here for as it is in heaven. You know, lately the Lord has just been pushing that phrase on me everywhere I turn because I tend to sometimes want to hide myself because, you know, there are still times where I feel like I'm not worth it. It happens. I'm human. And I'm like, you know what, God? But then the Lord is like, already, first, if you don't do it, I will raise another. Second, it's your job. You say you're my child. I'll be, okay, take care of my business. Rule the organization. Make sure that it's working properly. That's your job as the ones who have grown in Christ. It's not up to us to push them out. We are to welcome them in. <laughs> we are to welcome them in. That's the beauty of Abba's redemptive love, is that you bring everyone. There's something Pastor Mo says all the time, that God wants everyone to come. No one missing. It doesn't matter if you found the person in Kirikiri smoking weed. God wants that person to come too. So what are you going to do about it? Is the huge question. Are we going to keep pushing people away because they don't look like us or act like us? Or because they didn't come to church in the turtleneck top? Or because they are, the kind of Christian music they like is the one that's loud? And you're like, ah, no, 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 this your salvation is, is half. It's not, it's like you need Jesus again, again, and again. He has to die for you specially. But then you see, Paul was going to Damascus to kill Christians. When he had an encounter with the Lord, and he's one of the most talked about people we speak about till tomorrow from the Bible. What was his job? He was a murderer. 
of Christians. So imagine if Paul had gone to Ananias and said, Abi Ananias had heard the Lord and he's like, no, me, I can't go and help that man. God forbid. <laughs> As in, are you joking? Imagine if he refused to go. Paul would be blind forever. Well, God would have raised another. But just imagine there was nobody else that God could raise. Paul would be blind forever. He would never have the experience that he had. And we would never be talking about him. So are you the one who is blocking that next Paul? Because I had a lot of people who were standing at the doorway and saying, No, we can't let you in. Ah, uh, I'm sorry. Thank you, sir. Please say it loud. <laughs> I had a lot of people like that. So I sit back and I imagine, what if God didn't bring certain other kinds of people into my life that allowed me come? I would never be standing here today. The things that the Lord has used me to do and is still doing and will do would never be accomplished simply because the ones who had arrived kept the truth to themselves. It's not okay for us to do that. It's not about Sunday services. It's not about laying of hands and speaking in tongues for 20 hours. It's about you being a vessel to make sure that the next person is transformed just to become like Jesus. That's the goal. That we become like Jesus. That we become like Jesus. That our hearts are truly transformed. Because there are people that speak in tongues but then when they go home there's nothing to write home about. That's not, that's, not the, that's not the point. I want to be able to see the fruits of the kingdom through you, whether you can speak in tongues or not. How do you treat the people around you? How do you relate? Are you faithful? Are you loving? Are you kind? Are you patient? <laughs> it took a while for me to get to that place where I'm like, Lord, let your fruits be manifested in me. But then once he began to work in me, I saw the difference and what it meant to actually bear the fruits of the Spirit. And that's all he wants. Your vulnerability, your willingness to bear the fruit so that it can go to everyone around you. And then to the ones in the first category, Pastor Mo, the ones who are yet to come, right? So there's no one that is impossible for God to use. Nobody. There's a song we were singing and it said something like, I had to write it down because it was so profound. And it said, even the worst of my mistakes are miracles in the making. I've never heard that song before. Today was the first time I'm like, oh yes, preach it. So imagine we sing it, you know? <laughs> it's a song, but do you really understand what it means? So even when David took another man's wife, killed him, hard guy, see bad guy, kill and finish, married woman. I mean, in our society today, ha! What? It's not possible. Hellfire waits for you. In fact, your mansion in the pit of hell. Oh God. <laughs> you know what I mean but then 
God looks at David. David goes honestly to the Lord. He asks for mercy. And that seemingly crazy relationship brought about Solomon. Have we ever thought about it? And when you look at the genealogy of ah, English is not my first language, or all the school I've gone to check. And you look at the genealogy of Jesus, you realize that there was nobody that was perfect in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Nobody. Starting from Rahab. A prostitute is Jesus' forefore mother. Ruth, a Moabite, the people who were seen as the, the Osus in our time. Is Jesus' foremother, whether we like it or not, is here in the Bible. David, hard guy, is Jesus' forefather. And he goes on. Uh, and he, call, uh, he Thank you, sir. He calls himself the son of. He identifies with this man that slept with another man's wife that killed the man. I mean, come on. What does that say about the heart of the father? When you think about it, what does he say about the genuineness of the heart of the father? It's like he <laughs> guy's not interested in all these things that we go crazy about. He wants everybody. Nothing missing, nothing broken. See, somebody was saying to me that God said to him, if you go to hell, it means that ah, something must really be wrong with you. Because I put in all the work to make sure that you don't miss it. So if you miss it, ah, your village people, they, are, they can't be stronger than God, but they are strong. Because God really genuinely puts in all the work. He waits patiently, patiently, gently, every day, putting in a drop of water. Every day, he puts in all the work. He exhausts everything. He uses any and everybody that he can think about around you to make sure that you come. That's the heart of the Father. And that's my testimony. So, um, before I leave, there's just one song that I wanted us to sing. Um, we sang it earlier today, and I feel like as we sing that song, when we were singing it in the very fast way, there was, there was a sense of liberation that I felt. It was almost like the atmosphere was light. Um, and the host kept saying already, redemption is not a sad story. It's a thing to be joyful about because it means that once I was blind, now I can see. That's what it simply means. So I would like us to sing, Spirit of God, we welcome you. be happy that you are in the presence of God. Just think about all the amazing things that the presence of God does for you and will continue to do for you. Think about the liberty that you've come into. Think about the freedom that you've come into. Think about the access that he has granted you just simply because you recognize him. Think about his love and his mercy and his grace and his faithfulness and his goodness and all the beautiful things that the Lord can offer to you. Spirit of truth, we will. 
Christianity has been flip-flop and you haven't been serious about your walk with God, this is a good opportunity for you. Already said, if God can use her, he can use anyone. I don't know how bad your journey may look. I don't know what defilement you've gone through. I don't know what pain you endure every day. I don't know what your story looks like. But Jesus is here this morning. Jesus is here this morning. Jesus is here. Place your hand on your chest and say, Jesus, I want you. I want you in my life. I want you. I want you to walk over me. I want you to show me how you paid for me. I want you to reveal to me. Give me a revelation of what you've done over me. Show me that I'm yours. Redeem me. Give, give me that knowledge in my heart that I belong to you. Lord, quiet my fears and silence the voice of the devil in my life. Lord, truly the enemy has already beaten me down, putting me in habits, putting me in chains, surrounding me with defiling things. But today I come to the cross. Just say, just say in your own words, the Father is here this morning for someone. Say, Lord, I'm coming back. I have been rising and falling, but Lord, I'm coming back home. I don't know what it is for you, but speak to God. Center, let's pray, church, let's pray for over these people who are making that pledge. Place your hand on your chest. Let's pray for everyone. Please, let's pray for everyone. Let's pray in the spirit for redemption to be, for the redemption experience to be real for some people. Let's pray in the spirit together. If you can pray in the tongues, lift up your voice. Let's pray together in tongues. And the redemption experience will be real for some people this morning. Tarukasada, Ingo Satembre Nostaya Kaboli 
libra no staya bale a cruce na mosegro le crazia tabereda recabo zila maria kashana maria li prosecotema mendesia la crace cabogente la maria le crace da bahai father we untie the ropes around your children we untie the chains oh god we break the chains around the people who are bound today oh god we release your sons and your daughters unto righteousness we set the captives free oh god you came to set the captives free oh god we set the captives free oh god we declare the liberty of our god we declare the freedom of our god today we declare and the chains are broken in the name of jesus christ and your sons and daughters will emerge out of Lodi, but out of the place of brokenness, at the place of hurt, out of depression. Men will rise out of depression. Women will rise out of depression. They will lay hold of you and they will know the Lord God, you are their God, you are their keeper, you are their maker. We pray for everyone in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 And I want us to who are also stronger and older believers to begin to pray now. Pray that God will open your eyes to this, to the broken of the world. Pray that your heart will be burdened with God's burden. Pray that you'll carry God's love. Pray that you'll be an embodiment of God's freedom, God's joy. Pray that God's joy will be seen in you. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. Pray that God will show people who you are. Pray over yourself that you will represent Christ. And as God is in heaven, so you will be on the earth. That you will carry the life of Christ. That you will be like Christ. Let's pray. Pray over yourself. Please don't keep quiet. Pray over yourself this morning. Just say, Lord God, I, I commit myself to you again. I submit myself to you in a new way. I ask, oh God, that I will be your light. I will represent you. I will shine your light in every dark place I encounter. Every room I enter, I will be your shining light. Your glory will be visible in my life. Your power will be seen in me. Lord, I will no more hide my light. I will no more hide my ministry. I will no more hide that which you're asking me to do. I will shine your light in every dark place. I will shine your glory in every hidden place. Lord God, empower me. I pray for an empowering of the sons of God. I pray for an empowering of the ministers of God this morning. I pray for the setting loose of the people who God has called today. Pastors and speakers and ministers and servants on behalf of God you are to your world. I empower you in the spirit by the glory of God. I enable you by the voice of God's spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. You are strong in the name of Jesus Christ. You are enabled in the name of Jesus Christ. Every minister who God has called, he made a ministering spirit. He made his angels a ministering spirit and his and unto his ministers he made a flame of fire. You are a flame of fire in the name of Jesus. Say, I am a flame of fire. 
Oh, you don't say it like you believe it. Say, I am a flame of fire. Say it again. I am a flame of fire. I am burning in the spirit. I am burning. I am a flame of fire. I carry that which burns in a dry place. I carry that which burns up. Yes, which burns up cold hearts. I carry that which warms up the spirit of men. I carry the liberating power of God. I am a flame of fire. I am the Lord's handiwork. I am a battle axe and a weapon of war in the hands of God. I am a flame of fire. Declare it. Declare this morning. Declare who you are in God. Please don't keep quiet. Say, I am a flame of fire. I am. I carry the fragrance of life. I carry the power of God. I am a flame of fire. So I ask, oh God, a transformation will grow out of me. Power will come out of me. Strength will proceed from my spirit. My spirit will be energized. I go forth into this week carrying the flame of fire, carrying the glory of my God. I go into my world carrying the life of the spirit. Man, I carry the love of God. Father, I banish every other thought, every other idiosyncrasy, every other voice. I I close it and cast it aside and I declare today that I am your flame I carry your fire I carry your fire may no stammer high we carry your life oh God we carry your power oh God we are the forebears of life we are the sons of righteousness let's pray together one more time lift up your voice let's pray in the spirit the church is a house of prayer lift up your voice this morning let's pray one more time Unto your sons and your daughters, a flame of fire is lit. Unto your men and women, oh God, a fire burns, oh God, a fire burns, oh God. Life is resurrected, oh God. Stay, Madame. 
in the spirit. God says, I hear the spirit of God says, I want to set some of my sons free. I want to fill someone with fire and life this morning. I want to lose the yokes, the burdens around somebody's heart this morning. Can we pray one more time? Can we take five more minutes? Can we declare for five more minutes the glory of God? Can we speak for five more minutes of the power of God? Can we declare? Can you lift up your voice in prayer this morning? Can you lift up your voice in declaration this morning? will be born in us that the glory of heaven will be seen that the power of the atmosphere of our God will be available that every son and every daughter will be a liberator that you through your hands God will break the chains that through your hands God will break the chains that through your hand God will break the chains that through your hands God will liberate the captives he has come to set the captives free and you are his agent you are his co-laborer you are his worker on earth you are the sons of righteousness who shine God's light and everywhere you go the light of God proceeds in the name of Jesus Christ he calls you deliverers and deliverers shall go forth from Mount Zion to the hills of Edom and you will bring the glory of God down wherever you go in the name of Jesus and the holy ecclesia of our God will rise up in this hour to bring his government and bring his power down in all the earth and, and the kingdom 
and the kingdom will belong to our God. The kingdom is the Lord's. The kingdom is the Lord's. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. 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 Say, I am a flame of fire. I, I know so many people sitting here this morning are actually pastors. And you have the call of God upon your life. I want to pray for everyone who feels that call of pastoring. Just stand up. Let's pray for if you don't feel that call, you can sit down. But if you feel a call of pastoring and preaching over people and praying over people, please stand on your feet. Let's just pray over you. Let's just pray over you. You feel like God is asking you to represent him. You feel like God is asking you for that grace. If you are standing next to them, hold your hands. Pastor Uche, you have to stand now. You have to stand. You're our pastor. <laughs> Please lay your hands on them. If you're sitting next to them, see on there's someone behind you. Lay your hands on him. Lay your hands on them. If you're not near them, you can go to them. Lay your hand on them. Please, someone should lay hands on everyone. Please look at the people. Go to them and lay your hands on them. Lay your hands on them. You see that unction, that grace to speak on behalf of God. Ayo, lay your hands on her. Lay your hands on them. Lay your hands. Speak the power of God. Declare. Declare the glory of God. Declare, Lord God, I will pray for this, your sons. We pray for this, your sons. We pray for them. We pray for the unction of the Holy Ghost. We pray for the calling of God. We pray for the oil of the Spirit. We pray for enablement. That these ones will represent you. And these ones will stand and speak with your light. And your glory will be over them. Your glory is powerful. Your glory, your unction is amazing. Your calling is amazing. Your calling is beautiful. As they feel this call oh God you will strengthen them oh God you will enable them oh God you will give them power oh God every one of your ministers a flame of fire oh God this ones will carry the fire of God in the name of Jesus Christ this ones will carry the holy fire of God today in the name of Jesus Christ we anoint them for ministry we anoint them for their calling we anoint them for what God has called them to be in the name of Jesus Jesus Christ this ones will be like a true flame of fire they will stand in the ministry grace of God the oil of the spirit will flow mightily God will enable them his voice will ring in their hearts in the name of Jesus God will send them his sons and his daughters he will anoint their head with fresh oil the life of God will flow into them in the name of Jesus Christ Thank you, Lord God. Let fresh oil, let fresh oil flow down the heads of these ones from the crown of their head down to the skirts of their garments. Let their priesthood be the priesthood in the, in the order of Melchizedek. 
like unto Christ an eternal priesthood will be called forth over this ones. Father, in the spirit, will open an aperture for them to function. They will call and address the courts of heaven, and heaven will be receptive to their cry. Every prayer request, every time they lay hands on someone, the heavens will be opened unto them in the name of Jesus Christ. These ones will not stop people from entering the kingdom. Rather, they will open the door of the kingdom wide for many men and many women to come in in the name of Jesus. These ones will be ambassadors of the kingdom of God and Lord I pray for all your small meetings as they begin with a prayer meeting as they begin with a group meeting we pray for all the meetings where these ones will organize in the name of Jesus Christ there will be power I can't hear you there will be power there will be strength there will be healing there will be activation in the name of Jesus we release them to the call which you call them to be. We enable them for the assignment which you've given to them. Yes, Lord God, in their days of training, you will be a mighty fire around them. You will be a mighty fire around them in the name of Jesus. So we declare that these ones have become fiery ministers of the living God. They carry a flame of fire. In Jesus' name, we have declared. And all the church said, Amen. Amen, Amen, Amen. Shut up, believe And some of you, <laughs> I feel like an ordination going on. Do you know some of you are waiting for permission to go and do what God has asked you to do? You have permission. You have God's permission. Some of you have been waiting, waiting, waiting. Like, how? How do I get go about it? God says, take the first step and I will show you how. I'll open the door for you. And some of you already started. God bless you. Don't hide the ministry which you're doing. I'm sure you're afraid of church. That church will break up what you're doing. No, we're not in that way. In the liberty of sons. God already told us that a lot of ministries are going to come out from here. We're a center. So after we finish this training, you guys are supposed to go. I will be saying, go, go. Pastor Fred will pray for them. Pastor Fred, please don't go. <laughs> you see, that's where, that's where the robot touches the tire. <laughs> Do you understand? But guess what? Every one of you is free. If God sent you somewhere, be free to go. Be free to minister. Don't feel like the, this pastor, and I'm not that person. God already freed me from that. I want to enable, I want to empower you to go and be what God has called you to be. I don't want to, I don't want to be a pastor for the only pastor forever. No. Do you know? Do we have enough pastors in Lagos? Do you, you, you'll be shocked today where many people are. The population of Lagos is 22 million. How many people do you think are in church? You'll be surprised if it's 1.5 million. The whole churches in Lagos altogether, not 1.5 million. Where is the 21 million people? Where are they? Basketball, sleeping on their bed. Do you know? We haven't done enough. Don't listen to all the social media. This is church, church, church. Don't listen to it. Souls are pouring into hell. We need men and women who are going to stand up and be a firebrand for God and go to a new sector, go to the marketplace and say, 
we need to take a stand for God. God cares about everyone. All the 7.6 billion people in the earth, the devil did not create anyone. All those souls belong to God. All Muslims, Sikhs, Buddhists, all of these people belong to Jesus Christ. Jesus is the savior of the whole world. Let's not get it twisted. And when we hear people talking, and then we jump into the conversation, church, 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 and you're joining. No, you are supposed to even be a pastor. You're joining with the general conversation. That is different. Don't stop anyone. Allow. Allow. Train. Build up people. Let everyone come. Go to the nightclubs and empty them out. Go to the nightclubs and empty them out. Be strong. Make sure you're strong before you go. No man goes to a strong man's house and binds a strong man without himself being strong. There are some places you want to go. Make sure you have the power. Make sure you have the power. And the power must be liquid. You must be a flame of fire. Let the fire be burning or else another fire will burn you. <laughs> so guess what? We need to go and empty out the taverns. We need to pray until the fear of God falls upon the city. We need to get to a point when people kneel on the street and say, and be giving their lives to Christ on the street because your car just drove past. We need to get to a place where the revival we're hearing about and reading about becomes real. We need to get to a place when people want to sin, they cannot sin against. They drink the alcohol, they vomit it out because it's beaten out of them. Their taste buds have changed. We need to get to a place where the glory of God is real. Believe me, why am I? I'm not trying to do church. I'm, we're not trying to do church. We're not trying to do church. If you try to get us in church mode, you, you will always be having problems. We're trying to do God. We're trying to do God. We're trying to get the people who are going to be radical about God. That's why everything we do, like yesterday, we went on an outreach. Like next Sunday, we have a concert in the evening. We're not trying to do church. We're not trying to do worship program like everybody else. We're trying to download the atmosphere of God. You know, if you keep coming to this church one day, heavens will just open and we can't, and we can't go home again. We'll just be radicalized from that day. What do you think happens to an Al-Qaeda person who travels to Yemen and then he goes back to England and all of a sudden he's a different eye? He, what what do you happen, happened to that guy in 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 uh, in uh, where's that place? A man came out with an axe and started hacking down a soldier in broad daylight, and they looked at him. You see, as, as uh, Abraham Adeboyega or something like that, Nigerian boy. Yeah, South London. He went to where's that place in London? Woolwich Arsenal, and they went to that place and and in the military cantonment a, a Nigerian boy went to Yemen radicalized, came back into Woolwich Arsenal and took, and took a, a knife and a cutlass and was killing a soldier right on the street and they asked him, why are you doing this? he said, dude, someone's got to do this this is a land of pagans, someone's got to do this that's what he was saying to the, to the news what do you think happened to the man? he drank something that changed his worldview and if that poison of Islam can change somebody like that how is the radical power of Christ supposed to transform us to become ministers of fire so we stop doing all these things of blocking here blocking here allowing this it's my friend it's not my friend please open the door let everyone come in open the door there's so many more people out there open the door let everyone come in the kingdom of God is wider than our agenda our little small place open the door let everyone come in open the door if you think what you have is special
test it out on the road. Don't hide. Let's stop all these old games that old churches do. Pushing down somebody, posting the person away, transferring this person because we don't like him. Stop it all. Unless everyone rise up in holy fire and say, I am a flame of fire. I can't hear you say, I am a flame of fire. That's the kind of church I want to attend, the place where everyone knows God. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.